Julia Bellina Show. It is lunchtime. Lunchtime? Thank you. Rudy's Barbecue. Coming up between now and 1 o'clock, about 12.20, listen in Buzz Williams. He previews Arkansas. 12.35, Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. At any time today, between now and 2, you can text me. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile and Lube Express, where they say be good to your car. And your car will be good to you. How does one be good to their car? You take it to Texas Mobile One Lube Express. Text me now, 979-693-1150. Let us, I want to talk college football. Follow along with me, The Notebook. Nick Saban is going after the Washington offensive coordinator. That was the story yesterday. Story today He uh, kicked the tires, I love that phrase, on Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt won four national championships with Alabama during the eight years he was there. But there's a problem with Jeremy Pruitt. He was the head coach at Tennessee during one of its darkest periods. You got to remember, Phil Fulmer, the former head coach, pulled a coup, shanked the AD, and then as the AD, hired Pruitt and puppeted Pruitt. When was the last time you saw a head football coach that had an AD that had to approve every hire, the entire staff, and I think even some recruits? It was it was insane. Then when they were tired of him, they made him the fall guy. They wanted to fire him, so they Tennessee leaked info on him, thus incriminating themselves. So, Pruitt was fired at Tennessee two years ago. The NCAA leveled allegations of 18 level one violations on the Vols. Level one, most serious it can get. And those violations have no resolutions. He's not hireable. And I know Nick Sagan thinks he's above everything and everyone and all laws and All laws of man. All laws of man. And these are laws of man. But, yeah, I kicked the tires. Visited with Jeremy Pruitt um, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. It's interesting. Saban can take his time. Signing day, transfer portal, early signing day, all of it's done. When Jimbo needed an O.C., All of it was active. I thought he needed to get an OC quickly. And how do you know what kids you need out of the portal? What kids you might need to finish your signing class with if you don't know your coordinator? I'm dead serious, too. That's why I thought that Jimbo had to move fast. And obviously, the the Petrino hire just did not work fast at all. And A&M has... Two position openings with a possible third to come. You could take your time on those just because, again, everything's about to be done for player acquisition for now. Do have to set up spring football. Will Petrino be allowed to hire coaches on the offensive side or is Jimbo going to hire the coaches on the offensive side? That right there will help me understand a lot of how this relationship's going to work between Jimbo and Petrino, who's going to hire? 
If Coley leaves to Miami, they'll need, what, a running back and wide receivers coach? 979-693-1150. Dusty and I, Dusty, you know him from the post-game call-in show, had a fascinating conversation about A&M and the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, we both believe Jimbo doesn't know how to use it, or at least not, not well kind of thing. Well, I believe it. I'm trying to talk Dusty into it. A better phrasing of it. But A&M is not good at the transfer portal. A&M is not good at the transfer portal. And I, and this is a me thing, when you go into the transfer portal, you can't get depth. A&M needs depth. But therein is the problem. I think A&M is misevaluating and overrating some of their starters, which is why I think A&M is so bad at the portal. I think mental gymnastics are convincing A&M that some of their starters are worth a lot more than they are. For me, if you want to use the portal, if there's someone better, you take him. You don't sit there and go if, if, and if, and then keep, you know, that guy I have currently is better because if, if, if. There has to be no ifs. Every time you have to gamble, you're giving yourself a reason to fail. And I just feel like there's a lot of, you know, if this guy, because this, and then if that, and you know what else, maybe this, there's three ifs and a maybe. Why not go in the portal and just get that guy who has no ifs and maybes? Because A&M needed depth, but not true. I think they needed some starters. I think there's some over-evaluation by the A&M coaching staff. I do. I do. Or else they'd have picked up two offensive linemen. Don't say they weren't out there. Someone told me that. No, Michigan, back-to-back college football playoff. They went out and they've been nothing but praised about picking up the old line. We got one from Cal, one from Stanford, I think. They're not the only ones. They were out there. You didn't hear about a lot of them because they weren't really in the portal. They entered and five minutes later they were at their new schools. And, oh, this guy looked really good in that four-game window we saw him in. It's like, ah, the four-game window. So, if and then if, two ifs. Didn't use the portal very well. Now, back to, sorry, I don't know how I got there from Nick Saban. Let me ask you this. How much thought process can you put into Aggie football 2023 before you kind of get lost or confused? Because... Every time I try and think about Aggie football 2023, we we don't know the full starters yet. We don't know the spring schedule yet. Um, you have to do so much projecting because there's so little guaranteed money, right? That, and again, guaranteed money players, it is a very frustrating exercise at this point. What will the offense really look like? Not just who's calling plays. It, it's it's hard to do right now. And we won't be getting answers at all until the games start. 979-693-1150. I'm going to move on. It's part of the problem I'm having in the process. And I mean, I can make up a narrative. I can sell you a story. 
I'm just trying to be honest if you do an unbiased kind of evaluation. Of the process. It's just, it is hard. I, oh, I said I was going to move on. I was taking a look, college football notebook. On three, does a consensus recruiting ranking. I'm a big fan of consensus. And they use 247, which is generally their composite is uh, what everybody references. And then they use ESPN for their consensus. On three does. Okay. But then they do a recruiting ranking that gets involved in the consensus, which I didn't even know they did a recruiting ranking. And if they do one, why are they doing a consensus too? And I don't know the quality of theirs. And then they included Rivals.com, and I didn't even know Rivals was still in business. So I'm very torn and confused about the quality of their consensus when two of the four, I'm not sure of the quality of. And 247 is very, oh gosh, longhorn driven. So I say again, I, I wanted to look at it. I was excited about it, but no, there is just a little too much in there for me. Am I being unfair? Am I being unrealistic? Am I just being a little bit too harsh? We have to take a timeout. We'll come back. A listen in Buzz Williams. This is the Louis Bellina show from inside the Charles Schwab studio. Support for you comes from Mark Sim. He's our local Schwab dude right here in College Station. Schwab offers a modern approach to wealth management with financial planning to meet an investor's specific needs and the flexibility to adapt as those needs change with time. Learn more at schwab.com slash College Station. Presented by BNB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Two remarkable businesses. One amazing family. Time now. Listen in. Buzz Williams. He previews Arkansas, the Razorbacks. Tonight, 6 o'clock. Nothing good. TV questions first. Who wants to go? I think What do you think will be some of the keys to getting a win tomorrow? They're top 20 in the country and turning teams over. Um, they play really fast in the first six seconds, but their offense is even more effective in the next six seconds, which is very rare. Um, they have three ultra, ultra talented perimeter players that <clears throat> you could argue is the best perimeter in the country. I think that's why they've had the success uh, that they've had and been ranked as high as they've been ranked throughout the year. And then they do a really good job on the glass on both ends. Um, so we can't turn the ball over. We have to figure out how to guard the bounce because they're so effective. And then we have to figure out how to 
have a presence on the defensive glass and the offensive glass. Uh, last road trip, obviously, uh, you know, kind of having the lead there for most of the second half and kind of holding off that push from Auburn. Uh, what do you guys feel like? And, you know, I know you've had other road trips where Kentucky battled to just kind of claw back and stay in it. How do you uh, think you guys showed some maturity, I guess, in handling that aspect of a road environment, holding off, you know, a team being able to make a late run there? Yeah, I, I think um, I think the ambiance of Reed Arena has um, been trending in the right direction. And I think that uh, if you talk about just the last two road games and the one coming up, you could argue that the environment at Arkansas, Kentucky, and Auburn, Tennessee would probably argue a little bit with that, but those would be the top four. Uh, I think the playing on the road has become even more difficult in the time that we've been here. And I do think a part of that is the environment, um, whether that's it's the crowd for sure, but all of the things that go into a game day environment. Um, this will be our first Tuesday game. Um, TV chooses who they want to play on Tuesday nights. Obviously, Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, they play more Tuesday night games than anybody. Rightfully so, and I think a part of that is the environment at those places. And so I think it probably, like good barbecue, everybody has a different opinion. Um, they're all the same in regards to, I think the score was 4-20 to 20 at Arkansas when we started there last year. Um, it'll catch you off guard if you're, if you're not thinking it's the best home court environment in the country. Coach, what kind of challenges does this Arkansas defense present, and how do you plan to overcome that? They're really good at the rim. Um, 15 block shots. I think he's the third leading shot blocker in the league. Uh, number four, you could argue, is the best perimeter defender in the league. They have great length, great talent. Uh, and then I think um, – it changes a little bit here or there each day, but I think this morning they were 19th in the country and turning teams over and, and a high percentage of, uh, you know, like a, a steal means that it's happening while the clock's running and a non steal just means you turn the ball over and the clock stopped. They are really good at steals uh, that they convert at a really high rate. And so, I would say that that's kind of the premise of what they do, particularly in the half court. Craig Jackson. Health-wise, uh, how, how, how are y'all doing uh, solo, uh, uh, Dexter, Manny? What's kind of the update that going in the game? Yeah, uh, solo was released um, today. I don't know what that will mean. Uh, he just participated in a portion of practice um, just a minute ago. Uh, Dexter cut his finger. Um, Boots banged up his finger. Mo broke his finger. And so uh, I'm not sure where Mo is. You know, he's on the whatever that progression is on can you grab a tennis ball? Can you grab – they have these – I've never seen it. It's like um, 
a shot put, but it doesn't weigh as much as a shot put. And it has different uh, vibrations. And like you try to hold it and it, and it's doing different things just to kind of build up the muscles. Um, so I think he's progressing the right way. I don't know. Is he a month away? Is he three weeks away? I think it just, you know, it kind of depends on how that bone grows over the screw, the pin. Um, so. Well, if we hear, uh, the tag, sometimes teams are good road teams, bad road teams. Y'all been very good on the road in SEC play. Why do you think that is? Since y'all handle the road better than maybe some teams do? Well, I think we've had growth um, at home and on the road. Uh, we've already lost too many home games to begin with. I think in our time here, um, I think we've had a winning record on the road in SEC play, except for the COVID year, every year. Um, so we're off to a good start. We haven't clinched a, a, a road season winning record, but we're off to a good start. I think our staff does a really good job of preparing our guys for what's coming from the opponent. And I think our players are continuing to do a better and better job of only hearing our, our voices and trying not to get lost in the environment or what comes with playing on the road. You have to be really, really tight in a lot of different ways in order to have a chance to win on the road. And so far, uh, I think we're progressing in the right way. I think we've got to continue to find ways to be even better, but we've got to, if you were looking at it throughout the entire picture, we, we've got to continue to find ways to be even better at home. Um, Cause thus far, that's what's caused us harm more so than the road. What makes a, uh, uh, a road game or, or any, what makes some places harder to play than others? I mean, just a lot of places are loud. Um, is it just the decibel levels or is there something else that goes on? That, like, uh, it would be the decibel levels at Arkansas. Um, I think sometimes maybe it's where, where the students sit. Sometimes the students are, have a little bit more energy than those of us our age. Uh, I think at Auburn, their whole lower bowl is students. Sometimes the vocabulary of those students is a little different than people our age. Um, yeah, so I, you know, you're, it, it's a little bit, I think, Olin of everything, right? Like uh, for me, I don't spend the night in my own bed. Um, I'm not eating my food. Uh, it's not the balls that we play with, right? Arkansas is a Nike school, so we're practicing with Nike balls. Um, it's not the rims I shoot on every day. So everything's a little different. Um, so I, it is the environment uh, for sure during the actual game, but it's just the routine and the rhythm. And I think we try to, we try to make everything as close as we can on our itinerary to exactly what we would do at home. And we work way in advance. Luke Hillen works way in advance because he knows I'm so anal about that. What time is this? What time is this? What time is this? Like, 
Landry's uh, the head coach in charge of my calendar. Luke's the head coach in charge of the team's time. And so those two are constantly working together. But uh, if you want to know when media day is, uh, one day before a road trip, I can tell you. It doesn't matter who we're playing, where we're playing. The playing people can tell you when we're leaving because we were trying to keep everything on that same on that same plan. When's chapel? I can tell you. When am I going to walk? I can tell you. When are we watching film? I can tell you. And over time, particularly with our returning guys, they already know. They can tell you what time shoot-around is, regardless of where we're playing. So I think that's that's not the part, but I think that that's for sure a part. Uh, when um, you look at the the kind of free throw shooting down the stretch that game last game, do you think that's an anomaly, or is that something that y'all have uh, poured into a little bit more? Yeah, uh, you're talking about against uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. I think it's anomaly. I think Boots was four of eight. That's not him. He was shooting 84% going into the game, that game. Mm -hmm. uh, Dexter was shooting 94% going into the game. He was 0 of 2. So there, um, Boots is not going to go 8 of 8, but he's probably going to go 6 of 8, if not 7 of 8. Dex is normally going to go 2 of 2. So there's five that we left on the, on the table. Uh, Dre went 1 of 2. Is that right? Uh, he's shooting 67% going into the game. H missed the front end of a one-and-one. One. He was shooting 100% going into the game. Jew and Henry were both six out of eight each. That's about par. So I, I think it was an anomaly. Some of that maybe just being juiced up, rebring the crowd kind of I think uh, I think some of it's being juiced up. I, I think uh, also some of it is just the anxiousness of, I need to make this free throw. It's a one-possession game. This is a this is this is at home. This is uh, in this sort of environment. This is coming off a road win at Auburn. Uh, this has been a very emotional week, uh, physically, mentally. So, I think it's a little bit of all of that. But I do think that I would take, I'll take boots and decks in any contest every day. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that too before in the press. It being an emotional week, what? What, what's the Reader's Digest version of, of why, what, what, what made it so emotional? Well, they, uh, we, beat the, we beat the number 15th ranked team in the country uh, at their place. They had the longest home court winning streak. We got home at 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we're playing in front of the largest crowd at Reed since we've lived here. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of emotion, and uh, we're making the transition this will be our 10th day of work in a row. Um, and we're, we, we understand that. That's, that's how it goes. But when you transition from that Wednesday, Saturday to that Tuesday, Saturday, well, if you're off on Sunday, that means you're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, well, in, in uh, not being judgmental and not even saying that we're right, Nine days of work and how we work, that's a lot of time. And that does drain your emotion and it does drain your brain because mentally we we try to hold our guys accountable. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily a physical thing. They're elite level athletes that have been trained by elite level people. So I don't think it's the physical. It's just, hey, by the way, guys, in these nine days, 
Uh, we're going to play two out of three ranked teams on the road that were ranked preseason top 15. Oh, well, there's some emotion in that, right? And so, yeah, good emotion, but it's emotion. Buzz Williams, a listen in. We wrap up here on the Louis Bellina Show. And again, when Buzz speaks, we listen because he's fascinating. Don't care what anybody says. He's absolutely, utterly fascinating to listen to. I don't know. Of all the times, we probably three out of five days, when you're in the middle of the basketball season, right? Three out of five days, we listen into Buzz Williams. And I believe that every time we've listened in, I've learned something listening to him. I, I find him utterly fascinating. Up next, when we return, four minutes from now, Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman will join us on the Smoothie King Hotline. This is the Louis Bolina Show. Go, it is the Louis Bolina Show presented by BNB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Joining us on the Smoothie King Hotline, Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Cedric, how is your world, my brother? Man, it's great. You know, I'm back in my usual spot, but only because uh, classes were canceled at uh, UT today. So the prof, the prof got a semi-day off, but uh, I still met with my class via Zoom because... We had a very special guest. Who was your very special guest? Oh, man. If you like college basketball, CBS's sport, Seth Davis, is about as good as it gets. Um, so we I spent um, we spent 45 minutes with him basically conducting a master class in journalism and sports writing and his time at SI and uh, getting in on the ground floor of the athletic and, and also um, – of course, if I'm going to get him for the class, I had to get him for the podcast. So there we go. We'll be on 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 second thought, which drops on Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Seth Davis is phenomenal. Your students don't have a clue how lucky they actually are. And I think that CBS has the best college basketball coverage. I think easily, actually. I don't care that yeah. ESPN has Jay Billis. CBS has a roster of basketball coverage. Man, if you when you get when you get Seth Davis and and Clark Kellogg in the same room, and um, and usually Greg Gumble uh, running traffic, it's kind of hard to beat. Those are three of the best to ever do it, and uh, they're they're must see uh, TV, and uh, kind of gets you excited for what's going to be in store in about a month or so. I needed you. You know, yesterday I screwed up, forgot, to, just totally forgot to call you. It still kills me. I'm like, how? Who forgets Cedric Golden? Of all the, you can forget your wallet and your keys, but nobody forgets Cedric Golden. But I am, I need help with the Dallas Cowboys. I am so lost. I'm so confused. I know you're the one that knows everything. You're the man to talk to about this. If, do I understand things right that the Dallas Cowboys would rather have Mike McCarthy as head coach and offensive coordinator than Sean Payton and Kellen Moore? It sure feels that way, and and you know it's not a given that Sean Payton wants to come back, even though he lives in the Metroplex and he's worked for Jerry or Bill Parcells and uh, kind of cut his teeth on some really good teams. Um, Kellen Moore, um, I no, I run hot and cold with him, and he just landed in a great situation and. 
if he just stays out of the way and if Brandon Staley lets him do his job, he'll probably be a head coach in three or four years because they, that, that team has a lot of talent, and talent wins out. Uh, Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays now, Lou, and so I'm um, – yeah, he, he hasn't exactly been a wizard of calling plays, and if you think about it, uh, his biggest claim to fame is being Aaron Rodgers' head coach. I mean, a lot of us could coach Aaron Rodgers, especially a, a 25-year-old Aaron Rodgers. So, I was going to say, in his uh, prime, Aaron Rodgers. In his prime, Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, a lot of us could do that. But I just don't – yeah, I just don't know. Uh, I guess Jerry has hitched his wagon to McCarthy, and that's just how it's going to be. Back-to-back 12-win seasons uh, are great, great stats, but it doesn't – I still don't have a whole lot of confidence in him. I, I feel like, in addition to McCarthy, he really doubled down on Dak. Because if you look at the offense the past two years, what, four, uh, two years ago they were number one in points a game. Last year they were fourth. It's not like the offense, i.e. the offensive coordinator, has really been the deal breaker. But then they get in the playoffs and they face plant. But that's been Dak. I mean, I feel like he's doubling down on Dak versus Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore was the fall guy. Mm-hmm. I thought so too, and um, uh, I thought I thought Keller Moore was a convenient fall guy. You know, he he was the wonderkin who could who 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 seemed to make magic with Dak a couple years ago, and then things things started to go south, and he was an easy one to point out. Oh, let's just blame the kid. I mean, it's like the dog breaks win. It wasn't really the dog, and it wasn't really Keller Moore. Um, um, so I just think that he 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 landed in a great place. We're going to see what Mike McCarthy um, is is all about, and we kind of already know, don't we, Lou? What he's all about. Oh, I uh, do. He's been kind of mediocre, but uh, the defense. Dan Quinn is is the assistant coach of the year in my book. Just been wonderful this season, and so. Um, uh, I, I would rather see Dan Quinn be the head coach because I know he's gotten a team to the Super Bowl. Um, I know Mike has too, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in McCarthy. The Cowboys aren't going to win a Super Bowl again in our lifetime, are they? No, they're not. And I don't know. If I, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I'll live to be a hundred, but I doubt it. But I don't. I don't think they'll win another one in Jerry's lifetime. And he's coming up on 80, I believe. So. Yeah, but I just think he's going to outlive everyone. He's got, you know, he, he built his own temple there, Jerry World. I He's going to outlive all of us. He's got technology we don't even know exists. Yeah, and he and, and, and he might it might be Twinkies, cockroaches, and Jerry on a yacht. I mean, that might be how it ends up. That might be how the world ends up. But uh, at least they're decent. And decent you know, is okay but it ain't for the fan base to star for a championship it's not entirely acceptable they're not they're not nine and eight and they're not they're not crap but the, but they're also not the philadelphia eagles so <laughs> oh. I, think, I think the um the the nfc east was the best um the best conference this year the best division and the cowboys represented and um that conference probably going. That division is going to only get better. The division, and we'll see if the Cowboys can get better. 
they have some problem areas they have to address and uh, they have to ask themselves. And, you know, he's, Dak's not going anywhere. They got to figure out how to get some more out of, out of their, their $166 million man. So all joking aside, how do you grade Jerry Jones as an owner? Because you, really, if you got to think about everything he did and everything is the early Super Bowls. Everything is, seriously, building Jerry World, as I call it, AT&T Stadium, that's an accomplishment. It's still one of the top five in the world. I mean, when you look at everything, how do you grade Jerry Jones as an owner? I, I still give him a, a solid B. Uh, how many owners have won three Super Bowls? And I and uh, would we be thinking differently if he won one in 92 and then one in 02 and then one in 2012? Mm. He's out over three decades, and it feels great. You know, it feels greater than. I mean, like the Steelers won, won all those Super Bowls in the 70s, and then they didn't pee a drop in the 80s. But then they came, came back and won a couple in the 90s. And so... Um, so for so for the Rooney family, uh, they 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 were gone for a decade. The Cowboys were were just like the Steelers were great in the seventies, and just like the Steelers, they didn't really win in the eighties, and they came back in the nineties, and the Rooneys came back in the two thousands. So uh, three Super Bowls is three Super Bowls, and um, you have to give Jerry his due there. Uh, he hasn't done anything since. And they've only won like three playoff games in like forever, but but the record is the record, and he's a Hall of Fame owner, and he you know uh, he's done a lot for the league. He's put a lot of money in the pockets of those other owners with his leadership and his marketing expertise. Uh, uh, just a genius of of a guy, a great owner, not a great personnel guy. Um, we'll never, I don't think he'll win another one until he brings in a, a real GM. But um, with that said, he's got championships. He's got hardware. And that's what this business is. That's what greatness is based on, championships. And Jerry has them. Said, I'd like to talk NFL kind of in general. I, I felt like conference championship weekend highlighted, highlighted one of the reasons why I have trouble watching the NFL. Officiating. Oh, my God. Pick a game. Yeah. They were both, uh, and this is, uh, aren't the crews supposed to be the creme de la creme? That was horrific. It, it was bad. It was really bad. And, I, and you know what? I thought the Bengals got robbed. I thought the Bengals were absolutely jobbed. I thought I thought the, the do-over play was horrendous, even if it was correct. But the but the non-call of Joe Burrow getting, yes. getting thrown down in the end zone, uh, Frank Clark takes two steps and then pushes, and the ball's been gone. Um, and and that's 15 yards. Um, the intentional grounding with Samaje Pirine three or four yards from the ball. Horrendous. Horrendous. That stopped the drive. That stopped the drive. And, um, yeah, I just – yeah, I, I I thought that the I thought it would the Chiefs got the better part of that. The Osai call, and that's a Texas Longhorn. The Osai call was a good call. Yeah, rough yeah. but true. It was rough, but it was a good call and good and and uh, kudos to that kid for being a stand up guy and answering questions at his locker uh, when 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 ninety percent of the players out there would have beat a hasty retreat and not taken any questions. So good for good on that kid. It. it 
I have trouble understanding the NFL's popularity. It is the platinum standards. Any other two leagues combined don't equal the NFL. When every weekend that I try, I see mediocre teams outside of maybe the top three. I see bad officiating. I don't get it. I don't understand why the NFL is the platinum standard because it's a subpar product to me. It is. Um, you're, you're, the, the officiating is what you're talking about, right? And, and look, a third of the teams don't even have a quarterback, okay? So you start one-third of the league completely uncompetitive. They're, they're a joke, matter of fact. And then when you look at the middle of the pack, they, they're not very good. The mediocrity, the parity is so deep that I think hurts it when you try and watch it. Yeah, and and but once you get to the playoffs and the cream rises, I think I think it I think that's when it's worth it. And um, not this year. Yeah. Well, I thought last week. Uh, that's and that's my favorite. The divisional round is my favorite round. Those games were decent. Um, the Bengals Buffalo was pretty intriguing. And the the Eagles are just blowing people out, and that that is crazy. They're blowing people out, and. Um, but um, I think I think it's I think I think it's hit or miss in the playoffs, and the Giants didn't do us any favors. Um, I thought the Bengals. I really think the Bengals are the best team in the NFL, and they lost. So, but the uh, you know you, you're never gonna get you're never gonna get great great games every time. It's not March Madness where the tournament just never lets us down. But I do anticipate this being a really good Super Bowl. And those are hard to come by, Lou. This ain't the 70s where all the Super Bowls seem to be close, uh, where the Cowboys and Steelers played two four-point games. Oh, yes. And um, it's not the 70s. Oh. And, and it's not the 80s where all the blowouts were happening with, with the 49ers and the, Bron- and the Broncos. But I, but I think with this matchup, I really think – Elite quarterbacking, two really good defenses, and 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 some spectacular playmakers. I think I think this is going to be one of those uh, thirty-five thirty type Super Bowls. Said, let's grab a quick timeout, brother. Yes, sir. We'll be back more with Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman. This is the Louis Bellina Show from inside the Charles Schwab Studio. Let us head back out to the Smoothie King hotline. It's where, well, just about all guests join me. And Cedric, he's in Austin. He works with Austin American Statesman. He joins us. Normally, it's a Monday thing, but ah, wires got crossed. Cedric, I saw Chris Beard's home is for sale. Uh, I don't know if it was over the weekend or maybe Friday. I think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, it is, and I, I think I'm gonna go put a down payment on it. It's go, it's going for like four point five million, I think, Lou. And uh, yeah, I'm scraping together a couple of dollars, and I'm gonna yeah, I time underst- to move up in the world. Yeah, I understand that Austin real estate is quite pricey, but how does a a humble, humble basketball coach have a four point six million dollar pad? Man, when you make five million a year. Um, and you've and you've been making good money for, for the last ten or so. Um, 
you you can roll like that, Lou. I I wouldn't know anything about it, Lou. But well, you make that uh, fat Austin American statesman money. You can afford Chris Beard's pad. Come on now, you know that. I I I, I can afford Chris Beard's probably yoga pad, but not his house. So yeah, I um, I th- I think that that might be a little bit out of my tax bracket, Lou. Uh, uh, I wonder if that means he's out of here uh, or if he's going to maintain another you know, apartment or something here. Um, he's definitely fluid. Uh, he's probably looking to get back in the game. Uh, I don't know that he'll ever get another Power 5 job paying $5 million a year, not after what's happened. But I'll tell you this, and we talked about it with Seth on the uh, podcast, America likes a good comeback story. And uh, he had a great line when he was talking to Kirk Bozenai. He goes, um, don't underestimate the healing power of time. And that's, that's, that's very powerful because, uh, you're going to look up in three or four years and people are going to be like, yeah, you know, he's, he's done his penance and he made a mistake and, and, and everybody, you know, there's such a thing as forgiveness and, but which school is going to bite, which school is going to take that PR hit when they offer Chris Beard a bag. And I just don't know if it's going to be a power five school. You know, I can't even afford a, a, a razor to shave my beard. <laughs> uh, weren't you clean shaven the other day when I saw you? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. You had, you had a little goat working. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't paying close enough attention. Oh my wife well, too busy looking at Irma, man. She is not aged one day. She looked like a million bucks. I make it easy on her. That ain't true. And I sure uh, do not lie to the radio people. Ob, do not lie to the radio people. <laughs> oh my God! But yeah, uh, Lou, and OB believe me, and I, I know were... all about forgiveness. That's why. I... <laughs> so for uh, Chris Beard's been forgiven. I've been forgiven so many times. That's why I've been married for twenty years. Uh, oh my God! Uh, uh, Lou, Ob, and I were at the uh, the uh, funeral of Randy Riggs, a longtime colleague, and I know Aggie fans remember him. He covered the uh, the Aggies and the Big 12 for many years for the Austin American Statesman, and he passed away earlier this month from cancer at age 71. It was a beautiful service and a lot of familiar faces, so it was really good to see OB and uh, Irma at the service. I, I saw when he passed. I remembered him. It's one of those things I can't say I got to have dinner with him, but I remember him very well, and he's one of those people. I didn't hear a lot of bad things said about him. There wasn't anything no. bad to say. Yeah, just a good man, uh, really good at his job, and a really good example for us. And um, he was part of it. I got hired there in '99, and it was just this great, just this great group of writers: Riggs and Ob and Kirk Bowles and Mark Wangren and Mark Rosner and and John Mayer, and then the best outdoors writer in the country, Mike Leggett who's still the best storyteller I've ever been around, and Rick Cantu. So just Suzanne Halliburton, just a super, super group of writers. And uh, news, newsrooms don't, you know, sports staffs don't employ uh, 10 writers anymore. They, they, they've shrunk. We've got half that now. And the one thing about it, Lou, is you don't really realize how good you have it until, until it's not the same anymore. And we had a great editor named David Humphrey, who, who was just a, who was a prince of a guy who let us be us and just, and just made sure the trains were running on time. And 
Uh, OB will tell you, when me and him are on that high school beat, that's the most fun we've we've ever had in this business. Cedric, I hate to let you go. It's always a fun, and you and Olin getting a chance just to say hi. We have people texting in with the OMG, like like we've reinvented <laughs> like Coke here or something. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk <laughs> soon, my brother. Be good, said. Y'all take care. Peace. When we return, Olin's going nowhere. We'll hang out. That's what we do on the Louis Bellina Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.